So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I am, once again, Rico Shields. And here to my left, and slightly, well, just a little forward of left. Up there. Look, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a, it's a author Jean. with wings. Yes. What? How's it going, Rick? Good. How are you? Apparently quite I'm... well. Well, it, I always look. I always use that as a great barometer. People can't be doing that well if they're, I mean, can't be doing that poorly if they're joking and having fun, and particularly if this those jokes true. are timely and on. You know, situational jokes require people to be in the present, and so it's always a good time to me. Yeah, you would almost think I was actually here, present, and paying attention. Yeah, huh. that surely not. <laughs> Are we talking about the same like thing, Victoria Norlock? I can't, can't, can't be me. We're talking about just, ah, where did you go? What have you done with our author? Um, yeah, no, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm alert. I'm awake. Um, I have wine. Of course, it's show night. It's show night. And, um, and I have show coffee. Night. It's show night. You have coffee. It's show night. And um, we have a guest waiting in the wings. And interesting stuff about it because, you know, I've been kind of looking around, and this isn't the first time it's come up. But certainly, it's always cool when it does come up. And, you know, you brought up something this morning over our morning coffee that just kind of reminds me of how cool Mother Nature really is. So I thought we'd banter a bit about um, Mother Nature solving some oh. of our problems. Solving some of our problems and cleaning up behind us. You know, nothing like mother to come and clean up after her children or anything. That never happens. No, of course not. <laughs> Mothers never clean up after their children, certainly not. Um, so a couple of good examples before we get to the one you mentioned this morning, but a couple of good examples for those of you out there who aren't paying attention to all the cool stuff that's going on on our planet right now. This one was um, discovered, like, months ago. Uh, March 10th, 2012, actually, is when um, one of the articles was published. And uh, basically, they found plastic-eating fungi in the Amazon. Because, I mean, humans have this insane idea that us little piddly, piney, puny beings can actually destroy this big, wonderful organism that we are blessed enough to live within. Um, And uh, it's just not so, folks. I hate to burst your egotistical bubble, but... (laughs) Yeah. 
your ethnocentric, all that, you know. She's she's pretty strong. She's pretty powerful, and uh, she's a mother, so she's used to cleaning up after children. And she's come up with some really incredibly interesting solutions, like plastic-eating fungi living in the Amazon. And um, my personal favorite just recently is, you know, spring coming early, this whole global warming. Oh, no, you know, we... we, uh, we we put too many emissions into the air and blah 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 blah. And, you know uh, we're killing the plants and we're killing the planet. And okay, well Mother Nature says all right, we'll just warm up a little bit. Spring will come a little early. More trees will bud early. We'll have more time to take in carbon dioxide and we will clean the air naturally. So you yeah. know, leave it to Mother Nature to come up with a brilliant solution. Seventeen extra days apparently of of new growth is all it will take and and you know it it i i think that sometimes and and it, believe me we cover the environment often on the show people don't run away but um i it it's it's just hard for me to imagine you know if you if, if there's an invader or a problem or a mess inside the human body we have all these mechanisms that come in balance that back out and there's more than one there's not just one like your immune system is not just one thing it's a lot of processes and so it's very hard to like completely go around all of that and the same is true with mother earth and like you said mothers used to clean it up after their children only and she is a living, breathing organism, oh, right? Indeed. A very complex organism, but she is an organism, and um, she would, of course, have safety. What do you call them? Blah blah blah. blah. Safety systems. <laughs> yeah, sure. We'll call them Whatever. that for the sake of lack of a better word. Immune um, systems. Fail yeah. um, safe is what I'm looking safes. for. Fail safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fail safe. Yeah. She'd have those set up, um, and and we have to remember that our planet, you know, although people tend to tend to sometimes disagree with this idea, um, almost every single indigenous tribe or peoples on the planet is fully aware and fully accepting of the fact that the planet itself as a whole has a consciousness, and so it's aware of what's happening to it, and it will do whatever it needs. In order to heal itself, so you know. Um, yeah, I think the indigenous people have only worried if we become big enough enemy to mom, she might shoo us off. You know, but yeah, I think I think that would be their big. You know, I mean, I think basically it's we're blessed to be here. We should be grateful for it. We should treat the planet with as much respect as she deserves, which is infinite amounts because she feeds us, she shelters us, she clothes us. You know, I mean, everything we have now, everything, including the plastic on your computer and the headset or whatever you're listening to this with, comes from the Mother Earth. And um, for that reason, we should be ever grateful um, and in a state of gratitude towards her because she gives us everything we need in order to survive. But let us not forget that when you start lipping off your parents and telling them where to stick their rules, um, pretty soon you find yourself on your way out the door and looking for a place to stay. So it's just something to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, you know. I mean, 
even some of the really less than savory characters I've known in my life are, are generally nice to their mom because they might one day need a place to go home to. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 it really, people, be nice to your mom. Nice to mom. And you know what? I think our guest tonight um, probably will be willing to chime in on that very soon. I would think so. I'm sure. She comes from a a long line of people who uh, have lived in harmony with with the environment, well, as far back as they've ever been. In fact, their harmony with their land has actually produced one of the eight wonders of the world. And tell me, oh, they're stunning, by the way, the um, the terraces. So uh, I want to welcome to the show yet another Filipina. Yay! It's always a happy day when we have a Filipino on the show. <laughs> we do live. We do as many live shows from the Philippines as anywhere else. More so, I think. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's always exciting for me to um, to bring in another creator from the Philippines because they're such a brilliant, loving, wonderful, joyful people. And I love sharing that with people on air. It's just so fun for me. So uh, welcome to the show, Miss Julie Cox. Hello. Good How are morning. you? I'm oh. good. I'm really feeling great. Well, that's fantastic. And, and folks, she says good morning because it is, while well, it's Tuesday evening here in the Everyday Connection Studios, it's Wednesday morning in the Philippines. Yes, it is. It's Wednesday morning, and it's very sunny and beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous day. That's that's maybe that's it, Jean. They're always a day ahead of us, so that's why. Oh, <laughs> they are. They. Oh, I, I, I got, I got the jump on it. Yeah, yeah. I think I we're lucky I wrote that into my first book. Is that the Philippines is our future? And I do mean that in more ways than one. I think that they have a lot to be able to, to teach us if we would just get our heads out of our butts sometimes and listen. Um, but <laughs> before we get to that, <laughs> uh, I have a question for you. And we'll start sure. from there, and then we'll have a fun time. Who on earth are you, and what do you do? Uh, uh, I beg your pardon. I repeat the question. I didn't hear. I'm sorry. Who on earth are you? And what do you do? I'm here in the Philippines, and I I'm working right now as a missionary, and I'm I'm running my resort, getting it ready for summer uh, to welcome guests. Okay, and you're also an author, yes? Yes. I wrote a book uh, last year, and I'm in the process of promoting it uh, here in the Philippines. It's um, it's available uh, globally, instead, um, but here in the Philippines, it is not. So um, I hired a publicist so we can sell it at the national bookstore so that... Um, um, I can share uh, my life and inspiration to many people here that are struggling and uh, losing hope. So I intend to to inspire them uh, one person at a time. That's awesome. So how did the whole um, writing of the book come about? I mean, can we get a little bit of backstory on that? Because I ordered my future yesterday is quite the powerful statement to make and to name your book. 
that means that it's got to be quite a powerful story. Well, it is the story of my life. It's a memoir where I came from um, my humble beginning, uh, my growing up years, my struggle, all my difficulties, and not giving up. Um, I grew up in a, in a small, you know, you've been in the Philippines, so in a small village, which is, we call it uh, Barangay here in the Philippines, uh, two hours south of Manila. Before it was not two hours, it was five hours because of the, the road being um, difficult to, you know, to ride on uh, because of the the infrastructure is not yet, you know, um, well developed. Anyway, um, growing up in the barrio, um, I'm one of the 12 siblings, and my father, uh, being a carpenter, um, cannot really sustain and support all of us. So, um, us, my older sisters and brothers, um, left home um, to find jobs, then when I was my age of 14, not being able to go to school, I had to go myself and try to find um, a job, which is in the city. So I was not able to, um, to finish my education, although my teachers thought that I was really gifted and um, have a future, but because of our poverty and uh, my parents not being even able to um, buy me basic needs for the school like pencils and papers, uh, and my father always said that, um, well, you're just going to get married anyway because you're a girl. So that did not stop me from wanting to go to school and uh, did, not, did not stop me from um, giving up my dreams of, um, of being somebody, not, not somebody that is famous, but like having, having um, a better future, better than what I could see um, from my brothers and sisters. So um, from then, um, I started to look for a job, but then um, I was not able to to do that. And I, I because lack of education, and because I was very young, I ended up working in a in a factory, which at this age now is illegal because it's it's child labor. But right. because I was yeah, because I was overworked and um, you know uh, um, weak and poor nutrition, uh, I became very ill. And um, by the age of 15, I had leukemia. So my um, my brother and sister, who was uh, residing in uh, Manila at the at the time. Um, when they decided to take me to the doctor uh, and had all my uh, blood tests done, 
uh, it was concluded that I had lipidemic and uh, leukemia, which is a typical cancer cancer of the blood of a teenager. So um, it was a hopeless case. So they because um, they needed I needed blood transfusion and among other medication, which my parents cannot afford. So what happened? They took me back home and. Uh, my parents took me to um, a faith healer, and um, it was a, it was a long process. They gave me all these herbal medication, which I take 24/7. Um, uh, I always pray to God so that uh, you know make my life better, or or or, or just take me because I just can't go on. It's just too much. But that's that's not the only thing that happened to me. Um, I, I I contracted an infection of the liver. I turned very yellow, and um, then that time um, they they decided that okay, we have to take they have to take me to the Philippine General Hospital, which is uh, like what where where they uh, try to cure um, all kinds of illnesses. Uh, so I was thrown in with uh, 60 dying patients, and then um, out of pity, the the hospital director made me a case study, and I stayed there for months, where the interns uh, practicing on me. Uh, I was, uh, you know, finally uh, they, I guess the faith healer uh, did a, a miracle, or God did a miracle, and. They did not, they did not uh, find a trace of, of cancer, but uh, I I had a major um, illness of uh, infection of the liver. But right. um, I had hemorrhagic fever at the same time because of the mosquitoes landing on me every night. So it's like what you're right. saying before, you know, like um, you know. Uh, Plane, they're like airplane landing on my skin all the time. So that, that, that's what happened. All three illnesses at the same time. I got over one, but then two more, you know, you know, I that I had, and I had to stay in the hospital a few months. But that's not all the 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 difficulties I had when I was growing up. But I got over it. I still didn't give up on my dreams. I still want to help my family, and eventually, you know, um, when I was well enough that I was able to come home, I was able to go back to school for another year or two, and then uh, still, the future is bleak, so I said, you know, the star is still there, I'm never going to be back, so because I can't go back to school, um, I tried to find another employer, and that's when I worked as a housekeeper in Manila, and because I work hard, I work 12, 16 hours a day. They they took a liking in me, and they brought me to United States um, way back in the 1970s. So uh, I went there. Uh, uh, finally, found out later on that I was one of those undocumented immigrants. And it was very, very difficult for me because I cannot, I cannot, um, I cannot 
secure a driver's license so I can go out and uh, appease my homesickness and my loneliness. Um, so it, it, it was difficult. Then after working um, many years, uh, trying to struggle and fight my loneliness, um, I was, um, I thought it was the end of my my rope and I was, I wanted to go home but of course my employers wouldn't let me and, and another tragedy happened and even though the tragedies happened, I'm still able to stay and save my money but after I sent my, uh, my savings to my brother, he squandered he squandered all of it. So by the time I came home, I don't have any more money. And uh, still, I didn't give up hope. Um, but uh, it's another tragedy. Um, I was introduced to his friend. Uh, I went out on a, what would you say, uh, a date, but it was a date rape. I was kept as a prisoner. I was bitten up. Enough to so that I can't do anything, you know. And then I was pregnant, and uh, when I was able to come home, uh, my mother is on me, and uh, I have to seek the help of my sister so that we can survive. But I experienced hunger, and um, my son being ill, no medicine, and. Uh, Eating expired food and just praying all the time that these two shall pass. And eventually things got better uh, because uh, my mother accepted me back and uh, I was able to find another employer. And um, because I was able to find another employer, I was able to change the direction of my life. I was able to come to America and uh, was able to work three jobs. <laughs> it's the honest truth. I worked seven to three, and then in a nursing home as a caregiver. And when I come out uh, of my job, I take the bus and work uh, from four o'clock to ten, eleven o'clock, and work as a waitress. And then on um, on weekends, I do housekeeping um, and um, sewing. So um, more stories, uh, more stories came up that I was able to have my uh, son adopted because I couldn't bear to leave him uh, permanently because I was still um, uh, doing my paperwork so that I could have a permanent uh, visa. So. Um, I decided to give him up for adoption so we could come to America. I have a friend who wanted to help me with the condition that I will always be his mother. But what happened is when my son came, was able to come, uh, she took him away from me completely and I didn't see him for 14 years. So. Um, I was really hurt because he is the only reason for being alive. You know, even um, even if you take away a, a 
uh, a sibling of an animal, they will bite you and they will, you know, but I'm a human being with so much feelings and I'm one of 12 siblings. How can I give up my own son? I only thought of his future. I wanted to order his future like I ordered mine. So that those those are my sufferings that now I consider my joy because if I would have not gone through all of those, I would not feel this joy inside of me that now I can share that you know there's there's um the sun you know after the storm. You can see the light sitting even roll to the smallest hole. Um, so I practically ordered my future by um, working very hard and not giving up on my dreams, um, by uh, practically planning how I can invest and never, never lose sight of the needs of others. That uh, after I cross the bridge, I will not burn it. I will always come back. And my humble beginning is is Philippines. So that's why I'm here. I'm giving up. I'm giving back to the community what I feel I'm obligated to. Like I, you know, I cannot, I cannot in my heart uh, say that, um, you know, I love and I care. It's, you know, like. Faith is active, you know, um, faith. Yes, ma'am, it is. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, it is. It is active. And anybody who says anything differently is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, that's pretty Anybody much. that says anything differently is wrong is what we call that, wrong. Yeah, yeah but we don't do right and wrong on the show, so I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Well, sometimes we do wrong things unconsciously. You just have to go back and and say, did I say that? Did I do that? Then I'm so sorry. No, I mean we try we try very hard not to um, not to stand in judgment because um, we we recognize that all things, just like you're speaking of now, in fact, is right in alignment with what you're what you're explaining is that. All things, even those that we view as negative experiences or negative action, uh-huh. even can in, can inspire great positive reaction. So we try not to view anything as bad or wrong because usually it's for, well, not usually, always. It's for a reason. It's always for a reason. Um, so, you know, we, we we try not to use the word wrong, but... Definitely, you know, anybody who doesn't understand this idea of faith being an active, um, you know, it's it's something that, that you have to be active about. Uh, it, it's not something I can comprehend. To sit idle in faith is not something I can wrap my head or my heart around. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't, you yeah. know. Yeah, I can't, I can't take my pri- prayers into a quiet room and just stay there with them and not act on the things that I would like to see improve in our world. Right. Definitely. I, you know, 
if you have that philosophy, there will be a point in your life that you will be called upon to practice it. And now I am called upon to practice my philosophy in life. So it is a, it's my celebration of life and inspiration. What happened to me, I am celebrating. Uh, if if the, those challenges did not happen to me, then I will not be creative in finding out how to get out of my abyss. You know, uh, okay, you fell into the valley, you know, of, of you know of disappointments and many difficulties. Well, don't stay there. The, the, yeah, that's the difference. So what trigger turnaround, so to speak, or was it a natural progression for you? Um, usually, somebody has something that happens that kind of makes them go, "Okay, enough's enough. I'm not." going down this road um, of self-destruction anymore, and whether or not it's self-caused or seemingly caused by external forces, it's still a path of self-destruction. Um, you know, so, yeah. so what kind of kicked you into high gear to finally, because you had, you had the belief that it would turn around, you had the faith that it would turn around, but at some point you decided to be active about that faith. Yes. Um, what happened was um, doing uh, doing things and trying hard repeatedly with anger in my heart. It was not good. It was not conducive to my dream of getting out of my miserable situation. So um, coming home, um, you know, there's a saying about seven years itch. After seven years of doing the same thing and having anger in my heart, I decided that, you know, I really need help. I have to admit that I really need help. It's, I've, I've been quiet about my suffering and not complaining to anyone. I'm just accepting of my situation, and yet I'm complaining every day, and I'm crying back into tears. Why, why I am so sickly? Why is my son suffering when I haven't done anything wrong? And why are those people um, that are so bad are doing so well? So it is questioning my faith, my faith in God. And when I say God, it's not endorsing uh, a certain religion or, certain, or endorsing that I'm Catholic, then you should be a Catholic. And your 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 life will change. So I Oh, you mean you mean God, the spirit that the, the spirit. That's the spirit that's God. Yeah. 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 The God that lives inside me. It's it's the, I, I, I totally yeah, Amen. get that. Yeah. Amen. It, it, Absolutely. Yeah. Get that. Uh-huh. It it I did not let God live inside my heart. So as I'm saying is I was tired of being tired of complaining and so what I did is I stopped complaining and I did go to to a priest, a missionary priest and uh, I said, you know, maybe because I have not confessed to a sin. So I went silently, I went there, but I just started, you know, you know, uh, they have confessionary. 
so the priest made me come out of the uh, confessionary and told me to speak to him. So he's not he became not a priest to me but an advisor. So I don't know his name. I you know, but I spoke to him and uh, maybe the equivalent of these days would be talking to a psychologist or 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 inspirational speaker. So I spoke to him and told him all my suffering since I was a child, since when growing up, in the maturing years. And my complaint was all about everything, what people have done against me, that I cannot accept and I cannot forgive. So he explained to me um, that if I can learn to forgive, if I can learn to accept my situation, then then perhaps I I will see the light. And as I was talking to him, I'm beginning to understand what had happened. And it is not my fault that whatever happened happened and it 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 should not be a part of me. If I'm able to to accept everything that had happened, that um, it will change my perception of being alive. So I thought about that. I I, I came home and uh, he was right, uh, as if my whole spirit was, you know, was was really changed from, you know, like like feeling so heavy to being very, very light. And the joy started coming in because I forgave everyone. I forgave myself. I forgave everything that I thought was done horribly in my life. And I was able to focus on what I must do. And that's when I plan on, okay, so this, this, this path, this way is not working, then I should take another path, you know, and this is, you know, um, should be my philosophy every day that um, I wake up and I'm alive and there's the sunshine and if there's no sunshine, there will be rain, but between the rain and the sunshine, there will be many, many rainbows and that's what I found. Uh, it's not literally not finding rainbows, but rainbows in my life, meaning, you know, uh, as long as you're willing to change your perception of life, uh, that it's not all gloomy, that we are not born to be miserable, we are born to experience life, and life is full of up and down, and as uh, Plato said, um, an unexamined life is not worth living. So my life, I consider my life so worth living, and now I'm in my happiness. And I found that happiness is in the kingdom of my heart, and nobody can take it or give it to me. Jesus, Rick, she just wrapped up an entire year's worth of work in that yeah, one little gonna, sentence. We're just going to put... <laughs> We're going to put that on loop and let it play for the next year, and we'll we'll be back in 2014, folks. Thanks. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, guys. We're done. Have a nice night. All right. Um, well, what do you say to that? I don't know. I, um, 
I don't know. Maybe Let's we should a take a break and we'll start over. Play the that... song and then come back and and that'll give us all time to digest that incredibly powerful statement. Absolutely. And find music to do it by. Because I'm sure you mean mm-hmm. the song. The song. The song. All right, the folks. So song. that's going to be the Earth Prayer. And uh, from our dear friend Ina B. And uh, means we'll be back in about five minutes. So do stay with us, folks. Much more to come.
west and the thunder of the east and the sun. In the north, the shining elders, and the south, our mother's womb. To those above and below us, to the seen and unseen, those who have walked before and after, we ask your assistance to live simply. Please forgive us, for we know not what we do, and we thank you for all you help us. Welcome back, everybody. That, again, was our dear friend Ina V at E-N-A-V-I-E dot com. And uh, the song's called Earth Prayer, and the incredible things she's doing with the proceeds from it are called the Earth Prayer Project. So go check it out. Well, just before the break, we were <clears throat> blown completely out of our head. I, I mean, blown completely away. Uh, <laughs> by our amazing guest this evening um, and the wisdom that she brings absolutely absolutely Um, we sort of had one of those speechless moments types (laughs) yes but we like those yes because they they they, uh, inspire thought and reflection could one day be our always good thing trademark thing you know Barbara Walters always makes somebody cry uh, Rick and Jean they you know get their guests to make Jean speechless which is <laughs> takes work she's a wordsmith it does it does um, but you have to have, you have to have that moment of silence out of respect for great wisdom um, when it when it comes forth so uh, I'm curious you know I mean the mother in me wants to know first and foremost um What's going on with your son? You, you know, have you have you been reunited with him? And, um, you know, how did that come about? And how is your relationship with him now that you've managed to? Um, yes, um, was up to me after fourteen years. Um, he, I received a letter. I was actually working at this uh, company. Well, since you're in Canada, well, this company is one of the most prestigious department stores in the U.S. It's Nordstrom, and uh, I was working as one of their uh, salesperson. But over there, you're actually a wardrobe consultant, so uh, I dress up women 
they make an appointment with me, so you know, I you know, ready their wardrobe for three season. Anyway, I was working on my uh, pay setter goal, meaning my quota of the year. And what was so exciting it was it was my day of trying to make my goal, and yet at the same time, um, my son was arriving at the airport. So I was like in dilemma: should I should I go pick him up and give up my my pay setter goal because I have like you know, way to go to finish that day, but, you know, I, uh, no one in my, uh, no one in, in, in my store knows that I have a son and I have, you know, this type of issues that, you know, I didn't see him. But anyway, I had to tell the, um, the, the store manager that, which is my problem. I really want to make my goal, but I have to go and pick up my son at the airport. So he 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 made an announcement. You know, shop with Julie. She has to make a goal, and she has to pick up her son at the airport. So that was a very very uh, very special <laughs> moment. <laughs> you know, because I'm so awesome. Is it money or my son? I haven't seen my son in 14 years. So. I made my goal and I met with my son and um, um, and discovered that your that your manager had a heart. Oh yeah, he has a heart. I will never forget. I will never forget him. He is, you know, I his name is Evan Johnson. I haven't seen him in probably, you know, 15 years, but he he's in my heart. It's you would say it's chiseled in the stone that he's one of the greatest guys I've ever met. So. That's the moment that I met my son, and and then I, I had to broadcast to the whole universe that, wow, my son finally came to see me, and it, it was so wonderful, and um, I I gave him it was it was uh, December 15th, the end of the year, uh, uh, you know, for our sales quota in the department, the whole store. So December 15, he came, and then I gave him a welcome party. Um, it was December, and um, you know, all the hoopla, you know, cake and everything. And my friend Sam and our theme song is uh, from the Lion King. You know, uh, can you feel the love? And everybody was crying. Um, it was the most wonderful moment in my life, um, and I'm so grateful. I see him occasionally. He lives in Fort Myers, Florida. He has a bulb restoration business. I have a grandson, uh, but he was not married. I'm I'm still looking for a, uh, you know, <laughs> for him to be married, a good wife. <laughs> you know, things happen for a reason. Maybe he's still single because time will come, you know, that he will find the love of his life, you know, and it will work out. But I'm in communication with him, and he calls me occasionally. And um, you know, I think next year he will be visiting here at the resort because I want him to see what I do. I bet that would be that would be exciting to have him come to the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. He's a very good uh, he's a very good child, you know. And just to put it out there for our lady listeners. Ladies, dude, hot. Okay, so just so that you know, (laughs) 
Julie's looking for a good woman for her son, and he is good looking. What? Yeah, so there you go. Um, he, he, he's a hottie. Absolutely a hottie. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he is yeah. really, really um, kind hearted. He is hard working, and he's very, very thoughtful. He, you know, when I see him, he's still up like a baby, you know, like he wants to hug him. And I guess he's, he's looking for the love lock between us, you know. So when I see him, he's like, he is like a, a puppy, you know. Like, uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's so exciting. Okay, so how did the how did the resort come about? I mean, that must that's that's quite the leap to make from um, poor carpenter's daughter, yeah, poor uneducated carpenter's no poor sickly educated carpenter's daughter. I had to get all those words Shoeless. there. You forgot shoeless. Um, <laughs> Shoeless, yeah, yeah. Shoeless, sickly, uneducated carpenter's daughter, um, wow. living in in a remote village in the Philippines, to a successful businesswoman, entrepreneur, and resort owner. I mean, to own a resort, that's no small accomplishment, my dear. That's, yeah. And it's a gorgeous resort. I have to add, I've seen the pictures, and um, everybody who listens to our show knows that I am in completely in love with the Philippines and. When I go back, because it's only a matter of when, it's not an if, it's a when I go back, um, I would definitely, as as an author and an artist, would just be feeling completely blessed to stay in, in your resort, because it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah, and it's very, very reasonable to stay there, and just just have a conversation with me, you can have it for free. <laughs> <laughs> But how did you yeah, get uh-huh. how did you get to own it? I mean, where does that come from when you, you've struggled all your life and then you decide, yeah. Okay, I've had enough of this struggle thing, I'm not gonna do this uh-huh. anymore. Um uh-huh. and now you're well, successful and happy businesswoman. Yes. Yeah. Well the secret is the secret is really um it it, it it's how you handle your finances and just just think that uh, your peso, your dollar, is you can buy more um, 10, 15 years ago. Nowadays it's not, but 10, 15 years ago, you can buy more. So for every dollar that I saved, it, it was 50 times more. And at that time, it's very reasonable to buy a property like uh, this office that I am now uh, using, which is under construction as we speak, um, you know, it only cost me so much money. So my 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 dream of owning real estate properties uh, became a reality because um, I figured out that, you know what, my money will spend more in foreign countries. And why not Philippines? Because at the same time, I'll be able to give jobs. And so, right. so it is. It, it, it is what happened. Um, the property that is the resort now is forty thousand square meters. Multiply that by three by feet. It's really huge, and it is adjacent to my property to the property that my father sold during his gambling years. So it is 
it is uh, uh, like a payback. It's like I don't know if you believe in karma, but it it was it's a good karma, you know. Like I have done good to others, uh, that I will receive what I what I ask because I have given with all my heart. So whatever my heart desire, you know, whatever my heart desire, my power of attraction attracted those things. Like I wanted to buy back my father's property, I was not able to, but that was more beautiful. Right, and you still essentially you still went home though because it's right beside your father's property. Yes, yes, it was it was offered to me. Um, you know, I was so happy it was offered to me. It, it was owned by a sentient owner, and it was a property that's not developed. It's really very thick uh, vegetation of of, of not usable growth, you know. Uh, So I had to replace all those um, plants that are not uh, productive. It has 300 coconut trees and mango groves, and I kept those. It has bananas. But I was able to clear the land and saw the potential that I can plant fruit and I can invite all the birds and all other species back. And it is. If, if, if you ever go there, you will wake up with the birds singing and all other creatures at night. So, uh, you know, almost I like to just put mosquito net in one of the cottages and sleep there. You know, it's just, you know, my... My 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 people, my coworkers, always say, you know, please don't stay outside so late, you know. So, but I <laughs> I still I still like the, the I still like the comfort of being with mother mother nature, you know. It, it, there, I I totally like, understand. I think um, when I, when I went out to the provinces, I, I did spend a lot of time in Manila, but I I was blessed and honored to be invited to the provinces to stay with um, a young man and his family who I had met at, and he actually ran the restaurant in the hotel where I was staying, and mm-hmm. I got to know him back to his, his village um, during a festival weekend, and I think we maybe slept three hours a night, and the mm-hmm. rest of the time we were outside all the time. We didn't. We hardly did anything inside. I mean, we ate outside. We, even they had one of those kitchens where seventy percent of the kitchen was outside. So yeah. you know, we did most of yeah, that's did what most I do. cooking yeah. out. Freaking right. fantastic! I loved it. Everything was outside. I mean, you went to the bathroom inside, and you could shower inside or outside. Um, yeah. And there was just so much energy there that we didn't need to sleep that much. So we spent almost all of our time outside, and it was just incredibly an incredible experience. Yeah, you would love uh, the, the uh, running spring water. It's a spring creek, and it's so amazing that that it is in the property that I bought, which I developed into a resort. So it's actually God's creation, Earth's creation, Mother Earth, that I enhance so that it's more comfortable. But, um, you know, 
you will see in the picture where there is a pool where I collect the water and then I, you know, it's my wading pool when it's so hot. You know, the temperatures in the Philippines can be, can be so warm and yet when you go there, yeah, when you go there at the creek, it's like there's a 20 degrees difference. And it, you know, I bring my breakfast there or my lunch or my dinner, you know, and then when it's, you know, the moon is out, it's when it's the best, you know. I'm sure that Jean would love to think about the warmth of the Philippines right now. At at minus eleven. Well, it's fairly warm here in Texas. I'm uh, I'm in Houston, Texas, which is actually not far from San Antonio, Texas. Which I understand you're in San Antonio. Yeah, it's San Antonio. You know, uh, Philippines was under Spanish regime for over four hundred years. So even my name, which is Julie Cox now, but it's Juliana Mendoza, which is very, very Spanish. So we are well, that's, it, our towns, you know. So they came and they came and named someplace San Antonio, and that, it's funny they did the same thing to the land here in Texas. It's the Spanish people, I don't know. Well, look where they are now. They're I don't think any of the natives called it San Antonio, but. They left actually. They left a huge mark on the Philippines. If you look at the villages and and um, out out right. in the provinces, the the architecture and even in Manila, uh-huh. there's a lot of Spanish yeah. architecture and and the language itself, Tagalog, um, the right. the the general Tagalog that's spoken that's spoken in Manila and in the main city centers has a lot of Spanish influence to it. Not so much out in the provinces and in the remote areas because they have their own dialect, but yeah. in the in the cities, the common tongue is, is very heavily influenced by Spanish. And it's so interesting yeah. to listen to them speak because they use Spanish words, Tagalog words, and English words all in the same sentence. Yeah, it's, yeah because it, we say Comestá, <laughs> yeah, which is how are you, and it's in Spanish. Yeah, it is Spanish. You're right. Kumusta is Spanish, and that is how you say hello. Um, yeah. And yet, salamat, po, is, yeah. is is completely, you know, that's Filipino. That's pure Tagalog. That's yeah. not, that's, there's no Spanish influence in that, because I don't think the Spanish have an equivalent to the word po, which is, again, a unique yeah. attribute, attribute of the Filipino people, that you have this word that denotes respect. So if you stick yeah, the word I, "po" at the end of a, a sentence, you're it's it's thank you with respect, you right. know, which is cool because that's an amazing an amazing addition to any language. So yeah, I find the 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 language, the Filipino tongue, is fascinating to me. The whole culture fascinates me. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine the Philippines having having seventy six dialects? Seventy six. Yeah. Can you imagine that every it's like it's like every state have different language. So here, if you go to the second or third island, uh, they may not speak uh, Tagalog. You know, they may not speak the Filipino language. They speak something else. You know, and then there is some areas in the main island that is very similar to Spanish language. It's in Cavite, which is, they call it Chabacano. You know, so very interesting. Yes, it's we, so diverse for such a small country. 
Yeah, they only discovered Philippines in the United States, I remember, during the, um, the, the, the Marcos, the last year's Marcos, where it, it was televised all the time, you know, during his uh, flight to Hawaii, you know, and also during uh, the Benigno Aquino, the president that was killed at the airport. Um, yeah, and then, then they learned because, you know, I was... I was there in the 1970s, and they don't. Most Americans doesn't know where Philippines is, even though they they were in the Philippines for a long, long time. Oh yes, it's um, part of that northern hemisphere bias that we have. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's in the education system. I've learned more about the southern hemisphere since I got out of school than I did when I was in school. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it is. You look at the maps, everything in the Northern Hemisphere is big. Uh, they haven't been to the really? Southern Hemisphere. Big is down there. Big, big, big. Well, we used to have That's the hilarious. U.S. Yeah. We used to have the U.S. Naval Base, and we have the uh, Clark Air Force Base. And um, in Baguio, you know, we have the Camp John Hay. Uh, most most major highway are named after General, you know, um, General Douglas MacArthur. Uh, yes, there, there's so many highways there, here. There would have to be after. something named after MacArthur after the famous I Shall Return speech. I Shall Return, and he did return, you know. That's, that's for all of yeah. Americans that have heard I Shall Return, but they're not sure what that was, all, that he was talking about the Philippines. Yeah, maybe he was talking about the the, the woman. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be enough but to make he, him go back, from what I've seen. Um, he did go back. He, I he, I think he loves the Filipinos um, for the fact that they really took care of him. I have yet to go back to the history um, so that I can learn more. I have rarely met anyone that has been to the Philippines that does not love the Filipino people. I've never met anybody who's been to the Philippines that doesn't absolutely adore that country. I've never ever met anybody who came and said, who's who's gone there and said I had a bad experience there. You've met some people that left from there that aren't so <laughs> sure, but not people that have been to visit. Well, yes, but you know, I mean, the people that have left from there have. Mm-hmm left from some very um I I've met some people yeah. who've been in some very interesting situations. Um, you know, that one man who who literally ran away from the military, um right. another kid who who got off the street, he was um he you know, he was a street kid for a long time and uh, you know, he, he took off too. I yeah, they they were they had some serious challenges that they had to face there. But an outsider going in, um, it's it's a very unique experience because here's this culture and these people who have had nothing really but challenges to overcome, uh, generations of challenges and oppression and you know. Um, poverty and just 
struggle that would take the average American or Canadian and crushed them into little yeah. itty bitty bits, and they'd never yeah. get up. And yet, these yeah. you, these people are happy and they smile and it's God's will and it's all okay and yeah. they find the joy resilient. in all. They're very resilient, very adaptable. Very resilient, uh, very resilient. And, and it it goes beyond strength. It goes beyond an inner strength to a knowing, you know. I mean, it's one thing to be strong and to say, okay, I can shoulder this burden. I'm strong enough to get through it. But for me, the Filipino people don't say, I'm going to shoulder this burden. They say, I don't have to carry this burden because, you know, spirit's going to come and carry it for me and it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I think that's what makes them different. Yeah. Well, one thing is also is because we don't have a working welfare system here. I mean, each one take care of one another. Uh, I'm not saying I am one with goody two shoes, but I practically took care of my family financially. So that's one uh, characteristic of Filipino is uh, taking care of of next of kin is it's not like a, a mandatory or you're not obliged but um, we usually have this feeling of strong kinship that I cannot be doing well and you're in the gutter so um, it's, it's one thing that helped the Philippine economy afloat during the Asian economic crisis we are very strong supporter of family, so the overseas workers, and that's one thing that is, you know, it's good and bad because we are exporting brain. We have massive brain drain as far as people's skills. Um, in the Middle East, uh, it's mostly engineers and craftsmen, and in the U.S., it's mostly doctors and nurses. And then in the um, Asian countries, we have the um, caregivers and the domestic helpers. So the income of the Philippines comes from the overseas workers. So it really kept the economy afloat, and I consider them the new heroes of the country, the new heroes of the Philippines. In fact, when time comes that I'm really well financially off, that I will be, you know, putting up statues and giving them a free accommodation at the resort when they come home. <laughs> I think that's awesome. And, um, you know, it, it, again, it's something that I ran into while I was there, That especially in the provinces. A large, it, it was interesting that I was um, I was honored to actually sit with some of the elders the elder men in a community and Uh um, we went out to this farm a remote farm and the men came and we sat and it was an interesting experience because we sat and we cut fruits and we drank gin and we talked Uh about (laughs) politics and it was Uh And we talked about politics and and um, you know the basically the 
we t- we discussed religion and we discussed history and and we discussed social issues um but when i say that we discussed them it was more you know they discussed them and and uh-huh. these are these those so-called uneducated farmers that you know nobody thinks knows what's going on but these men were very intelligent very well informed and uh-huh. you know a lot of them had done their time overseas even right. as young men they had done their time and then brought, you know, sent the money home. And then as they became a certain age, they came back and they, they invested their money into farmland. And they, they now farmed and, and provided for their families that way. But um, it was fascinating for me to realize that maybe 50% of the people that I was meeting yeah. either had gone overseas themselves or had a close relative who was already overseas working. Yes. and sending back money to take care of their family. And you don't hear of Americans or Canadians doing that. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. Not often. You know, yeah. It's an oil field Not thing. often, no. <clears throat> yeah, well, in, in the United States alone, there are over one million Filipino people. And I wrote it in my book, why do they stay there? Uh, if five Filipinos uh, go to the United States, Four of them will stay. Maybe one will go home. So the the um, stay for the fact that um, I myself consider USA the land of opportunity, and you know I I'm just surprised why most Americans doesn't see it that way. I was going to say I wish we could get the Americans to see it that way because. Well, because I, I'm American. I'm American well, myself. Well, yes, but 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 people born here, they're just like you know. Oh, you can't. Nobody can make it anymore. And yes, you can. It was supposed to be the beauty of it was you could make whatever you wished out of yourself. Uh, oh, yeah. But nobody ever said that was necessarily not going to involve some work or walking uphill or you know you yeah. you worked three jobs because you had somewhere you wanted to. Get oh, yeah. with yourself, I'm so happy. and I'm so happy to do it. Uh, and now you are relaxed in a in a paradise-like resort. Yeah. So yeah. it was not handed to me, you know. Yeah. It was not handed to me. You know, it it it. Uh, but it, I have great faith in the American people. The institutions around here, not so much, but the American people. Oh, I, yeah. The American I, people I, I can just, be can be slow to wake up, but when they do, yeah. It's and usually... is it perhaps is it perhaps this um this habit this ingrained don't know how to do anything else but habit of depending on these institutions um, that is perhaps holding us back. Well, I I think so because. Yeah. Julie mentioned earlier in the conversation that you know we we don't have a public welfare system, so you have to take care of each other, and you have to take care yeah. of your family, and you you um, I many an American success story started off as I had to quit school to support my brothers and mother and father, and because my father could only get so much work, and there were eighteen of us, and. Right? It was the same story. Read it in yeah. books about people yeah. getting success in America and going on to be Henry Ford or something because they grew up and had to work hard. 
And I'm yeah. not saying that that making everybody work hard is the answer, but allowing people to, to to find out that they can do something about their situation while they're still young is a good thing, I think. Yes. Yes, do not, do not shelter your children. That's, I always sympathize that. Yeah, if it, I would have been sheltered, if my parents would have been um, well off and I've been sheltered, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to to to, to, to reinvent my life. Necessity is the mother of invention. It could be applied to life. I and you've reinvented yourself to... several times. <laughs> yes, yes, and, and that is just a secret. Is what Winston Churchill said to the soldiers during the war. It's only three words, and if you if you really put it in your mind to never, never give up. I mean, I cannot. You know, give up and turn myself into, you know, maybe alcohol, or, or maybe I could even afford alcohol, or maybe end up in a movie bin <laughs> because of all the problems I had. It's it's been done so. before, it, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and but it but I think there is some grain of truth in the old saying of, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only choice, your only option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um and if uh, institutions cushion all the negative effects of life on you. Yeah. You uh-huh. you don't get any guidance. That's how you get guidance sort of in a way. Right. Is right. You do you try something, you reinvent mm-hmm. your life and it didn't quite work. Okay, we'll reinvent it again. Here we go. And mm-hmm. it, it's like uh, too many people in quote developed countries we'll debate that at another time but um, in quote developed countries are just they might try one thing uh-huh. and and you know well yeah I always wanted to be a nurse but I couldn't get into nursing school I didn't pass the test so uh-huh. now I'm a drunk and it's just like <laughs> what what? But you hear that? I hear that story from people. Like you know, I, yes, I, know. I had a dream once and it didn't work out. So now I'm just here. And that's you, it. You, yeah, I'm just it, here. It, it's not an op- when it, when that's not an option. You just don't do that. <laughs> you, you you get up and keep going, or you don't make it. And that sounds rough, but it is kind of the way of the world. Uh, you know. Well, I've just I've heard so many incredibly inspiring and uplifting stories come from those very countries where those things are not provided. I mean, where healthcare is not provided, where right. welfare and and ready, free, easy education is not provided. Those are the countries where you you really see what human beings are capable of achieving. Because they really do beat the odds. I mean, it's one thing for the mother sitting on welfare to write a a bestseller, which, you know, I mean, the author of Harry Potter, kudos to you, my girl, for, for sitting in a cafe on welfare and writing a bestseller and changing your life. But because you had the welfare, you were able to afford to sit in that cafe and write that book. Whereas somebody from a third world country 
um, would not have the comfort of sitting in a heated, padded, comfortable zone with coffee being served to them so that they could, you know, allow their creativity to flow. Um, and and that where you really see the, this beautiful strength and, and um, I don't know what to, to call it, adaptability of the human spirit is, is in these places where they're not coddled and they're not, you know, nobody's doing it for them but themselves and, and the people closest to them. And I think... It's again. I got keep. I've been saying it since I got back from that country. There's so much we can learn. I'm sure if I went to Africa or um, Middle East, I would probably come back with the same stuff. There's so much we could learn from those kinds of cultures. That, well, you know, and and you know, I think about my father and some of the things that he did that then wound him up in the place that he wound up in his life, which was a huge change. He was the son of a poor carpenter. Oddly enough, and uh, many people have read the book The Grapes of Wrath. My father's family never, I don't know that my father ever read the book because he lived it. They loaded everything they owned onto the truck and went to California because it was the Dust Bowl. They they lived it. That was his life. And um, And so a lot of what he was willing to put up with to reach his goals was he was only willing to put up with it because he'd already put up with worse. And, um, you know, we have generated a culture where, you know, what, I have to go outside from the air conditioning? No, oh, no, no. <laughs> there must be another way to success. And and I, 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 a new thing is going to evolve out of that because sometimes you have to have idle time to be able to sit still and listen to your brain, I guess. But, but you know, I so I was constantly, I grew up in a very fortunate circumstance, but I was constantly moved back and forth between my father's parents' house and my mother's parents' house where they didn't have anything. My my father's parents never did have anything. And um, uh, it it makes a big difference. It, it just makes a big difference. And it was... Um, Seeing the way that that people treat each other when there's not much left but us people, you know, and 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 the way people treat each other in these wealthier neighborhoods, I've been fortunate enough to spend time living in where people were disposable, get new ones, and uh, uh, and and I still have friends that I grew up with that treat their friends that way, just like you would treat household help or something. They treat their friends that way. They, oh, yeah, I, I don't ever see them anymore. He went to work for the so-and-so company, and that's the competition, so we don't speak. What? You grew up together. What? <clears throat> and um, uh, Because I think you discover something about yourself and about your fellow man when that's all you got to hold on to. Um, yeah, I, yeah, like I discovered that I'm very resilient when I was going through uh, my challenges, and then because of my challenges, I became very creative and how I can improve my 
documents. You have the right to the pursuit of happiness. Nobody said you were going yeah. to be able to catch it. It's just the pursuit. <laughs> yeah, so we're nobody, nobody said the government was going to write you a check if you weren't fast enough to catch your happiness. Yeah, but yeah. It, 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 it's so key, so many of the things you've said tonight, I, gosh, where would we even begin, Gene, right. with the wisdom that's come? But um, you, you, you also mentioned that you know, I'm in my happiness because my happiness is inside and nobody can take it away from me. Nobody can give it to me. Nobody can take it away from me. Yeah. It is that that is, I think, the one thing that if, if people could grab one thing out of what Julie's had to share with us tonight, um, and you could listen to this show ten times probably and not extract all the nuggets out of there, but it, it, it is that one. It's 
it's in there. Where's the good Absolutely. stuff? It's in there. Absolutely. Um, because, you know, we're so we're so accustomed to looking outside ourselves. If I can just get that one more thing, then I'll be happy. If I can just meet that right person, then I'll be happy. Um, if I could just get the right job, then I'll be happy. And, you know, I have to remind people that, that this idea of happiness being external is also the reason why we suffer so much from loss. And I, I don't just mean from loss of the people in our lives, but loss of things. Um, you know, if we lose our job, it, it hits us really hard. And it's because, you know, losing our job threatens to also cause us to lose these things that we perceive make us happy. But when you can establish a balance within yourself and to be able to find joy from within and bring that from within and you know, bring it, make it external, all this other stuff isn't going to matter anymore. And and one of the things that's truly magical about that is that once you've done that, all the stuff that your happiness, you know, all the stuff that your happiness inspires you to enjoy, the experience of, be it the perfect job or the perfect trip or the perfect relationship, all of that stuff that you being a happy whole person inspires the enjoyment of those experiences, those things will just naturally come to you. They're just going to be drawn right to you. Um, and, and I mean, there's no faster way to ditch that fear thing that holds so many of us back, myself several times included in this life, um, then, then to find that within you that brings you joy, and and then go wherever it goes, go chase yeah. it, follow it, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Follow, follow, the the flow. Of, you know, of, of good energy. All energy these coming to you. is so. It, there's so much, and it comes from so many directions. You can almost go any which way you want to go but you got to look for it you got to um what you find it depends a lot on what you look for yeah in life. and you have to have an open heart you have to have an open heart open mind open heart absolutely all right Amen. julie my dear where can our listeners find your book because um you know our podcast listeners as uh-huh. rick always says Yes. Our legion. Yes. <laughs> um, the, the, the few, the few thousand of them that there are um, out there listening, but who are not in the chat room, um, uh-huh. but they will be listening at a later date. Um, uh-huh. You know, so can we spell out your website and spell out where to find your book because we'd encourage them to go there and check it out. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, the name of my book. Is I ordered my future yesterday. If you Google that, all the websites, all the uh, book sites that's selling it will come up. It comes up at least uh, 10 to 12 pages. So depending on where they live, if they are in Europe, uh, Amazon UK, um, Amazon Japan, New Zealand, it's also available in eBay. But mostly in United States, it's available 
at Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com, hard copy, soft copy, and ebook. Um, as far as my resort, it's www.philamgardenresort.com, and they can also check my um, book website, which is I order my future yesterday.com. Right on. I was just going to say, everybody should go visit IOrderedMyFutureYesterday.com and uh, say hi. There's a guest book. Say hi. <laughs> say hi, Julie. Yeah. I heard you, in the, I heard you on yeah. the show, and you sound awesome, and so I just wanted to come say you're awesome. Because <laughs> yeah. everybody and, uh, needs to yeah. hear how awesome they are as often as they can. And yeah. so please feel free well, to drop by and all the listeners, all the listeners, all the listeners, you're all awesome. Go out there and be a blessing. And if you buy my book, you're saving a life. Because all the proceeds from the book goes to my feeding program. And uh, uh, this coming month, I will be doing medical missions. So um, if you do buy the book, you're doing it with your good heart. Not only that you will be inspired, but you are helping someone. You're saving a soul. Goodness gracious. We we didn't even get into the feeding program, Rick. We're going to have to have her back. Yeah. We have to have, we have to have to come back. Anytime. Because yeah, of course, anytime. Several times when when Jane was rattling off that you're an author and you're a successful entrepreneur, and I, I kept wanting to say philanthropist, but it, I didn't, and that's wise because that's now, okay. we, now we have a good reason to have you come back and tell us all of the fantastic things absolutely. that you do to give back the gift that yeah, you absolutely. have found. Because yeah. interestingly yeah. enough, um, for those people who buy my books, um, uh-huh. a certain percentage of the money actually goes back to a children's home in the Philippines. Oh wow! I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm contemplating on um, on this proposal to have an orphanage at my resort. It's just a matter of I'm doing the feasibility studies, so I'll be probably going on tour in the United States uh, to to ask for a donation. It's not going to be much, you know, like maybe $20, $10 that they can afford. But it does right. need funding, you know. Of course, so yes. Children's fun. homes certainly definitely Please do, do to need plug funding. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I insist that you yeah. ask me to be your guest again. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, definitely. Please. Definitely. <laughs> And you and I will have to get we'll have to get online privately so we can discuss this because um, perhaps I can send you in the direction of a very successful children's home who who would be more than happy to take somebody under their wing who would you know who wants to help get some of these kids off the street. So you and I will have a Wonderful. private chat one of these days soon, and I'll uh, yeah, see if I yeah. can connect you with them. Um, because because what a gift we, we would that do, be for you to give back to them. Gene, oh my, my God! Yes, God, would I see, love to see how this just goes round and round and round? <laughs> I know. Where it stops, that's, nobody knows. <clears throat> yeah, but it's better than the roulette wheel. That. Yeah, that's the beauty of of this communication. You know, uh, for me, the God in me, the God out there, the God, the universe, the earth, is uh, uh, connecting me to the right people, connecting my dots in Absolutely. more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah. Um, people say all the time, it's not what you know, it's who you know. 
Yeah, but 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 how do you meet those people? Well, you just yes. you let your joy shine, and they just show up. I swear, people. Yes. I don't know if people don't believe me, but they do. They just show up. Yeah, it's a, it's really the power of attraction because your heart has the five thousand times, uh, you know, like magnetic field. It, it attracts. It your heart, your mind attracts what you need to do and need to see because that's really what happens to me after I clear the cobweb. Whatever um, I desire, you know. Uh, I mean, it's true. Dreams are the feelings of the reality. You have to find it. But you do attract when you're when you're attracting great things and lovely things. It will come to you. But as as, as you know, uh, as the saying goes, some fruits ripen, you know, shortly. But some fruits come, you know, in time. Yes, but fruit always comes. Yes. Yes. But, much, much to be gained from the wisdom of the farmer. No, no fair getting down, looking at your little seedling, and going, "You're not growing fast enough." <laughs> it's just not okay. But anyway, yeah. that, that we'll, we we do definitely want to have you back. This has been just absolutely yeah. lovely, and uh, I thank okay, thank everyone. you so much for spending your time with us, giving the gift of oh, your Oh, thank you. I'm so life. grateful. I'm so grateful and very happy today, tonight. All right. Well, you so, have yourself a beautiful day over there. Um, beautiful. My, my lovely lady. Enjoy your day. Uh, and, Rick, what do we got going on, my friend? What do we got coming up? Oh, gosh. What What a tough it's act okay. to follow. You know? I know. Just a know. really tough act to follow. But uh, Thursday, we have Julian Forrest, who uh, is going to, we're going to talk about sacred geometry, and we're going to talk about sacred music science and how those things come together. And um, then... Imagine that. Math and music all in one. Imagine hmm. that. I thought I'd be the day. Wow. Vibration, math, music, thing, geometry. Yeah. Um, somehow it all goes together. People have suspected yeah. that, but, you know, I I, I hear that you know. Uh-oh. I, uh, so, Julian uh, Forrest... Julian Forrest will be with us Thursday night, and then next Tuesday, a week from tonight, we have Dr. Patrick Price, who is a uh, medical intuitive and chiropractor and has some wonderful uh, work that he's doing that he's going to come talk to us about. <laughs> wow. And, um, wow. Uh, he also has some interesting videos out, um, yes. apparently, and we're going to talk about those when we got him on the show because I want to uh, know the power of, what is it, Chi? Chi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, chi, the power of chi. He has a demonstration he does where he gets a, a large gentleman from the office uh, audience to come up and kick him in the groin. Right between the legs. Can, yeah. And he doesn't and, even um, He doesn't flinch. So um, we're going to learn about the power of chi and how that can that can help to center you and, and create well-being and strength and, and balance. And right. yay, chi. Yay. Ah. It's going to be awesome. So Absolutely. Join us Thursday. It's going to be like having Jackie Chan on the air. Yeah, it is. The real Jackie Chan. Sort of. Real Bruce Lee. Anyway, uh, join us Thursday evening. And uh, our friend Darius that was on last week is on tomorrow night on Inner Child Radio. So go to, what is it? I am innerchild.com. I am innerchild.com. And click on radio 
show, and you can get all the information on that uh, because we we enjoy Darius and we want y'all to support him. And uh, anyway, Thursday, and and and, and, and until then, to yourselves, to our mother, and to each other, stay connected. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.